Okay, I've had to have kind of a break from podcasting, to be honest. Um, I've started to like rule the podcasting from my mind rather than as an art from my heart. And so like the last few podcasts I recorded like a few in, in a row and I was just like, because I was scared, I was like, I just need to get them done because I have all these other projects that I need to do and go back to uni soon. So the big realization that I've had around podcasting is that I can't have like a schedule. I think like for me, I just always have to have my microphone set up and when I feel inspired, I come and sit down and I do this. That might That means that there could be like a six month break. I don't think there would be, but it just means that like I have to be okay in the worst case scenario with that were to happen because right now I'm pulling myself off course with all this fear of like what I think it should be. And then like the last one I recorded, the microphone wasn't even like um, connected. <laughs> so I've just got rid of that one. It's it's called the biological clock. It's my thoughts on that. And so I just put that up because it's kind of a fucked file. I just put that up on my um, coffee account for subscriber only content. So if you want an extra episode, there's two extra episodes on there. Um, shout out to the um, one person who is my first green alien subscriber, Rachel, my neighbor. Thank you so much. I value you so much for that. I'll never forget. Um, yeah, looking back on the past kind of episode, I want to talk about perfectionism today because I think it really ties in with that. And this is something that I really struggle with or have struggled with in my life. Um, So I used to pride myself on being a perfectionist. I thought I have really high standards of my work um, until I started seeing a psychologist and I realized that um, perfectionism is actually um, like a sign of mental illness. Um, So in psychology, it's actually called unrelenting standards. And so the reason why this is a problem is because the standards that I put on myself are just simply too high. Um, and I'm in this constant state of discomfort um, because I'm never satisfied. Whatever whatever I do, no matter what I achieve, it's never good enough. I'm always at the bottom of the mountain, no matter how hard I'm trying. And I remember one time that like I really noticed this is like when I was 27, I hiked to Everest Base Camp. And I did it completely by myself. I didn't have a tour guide. I didn't have um, like a guide on the path. I didn't have a porter to carry any of my things. It was just me in a backpack for three weeks. And to make it extra hard, instead of flying into the mountain like everyone else does, I got a bus to Jiri and I spent an extra week walking up the mountain. Um, and that was, oh my God, easily one of the most beautiful experiences of my life, but it was very hard. Like when I think of my achievements and shit, I think of like, that was a really hard thing that I did. But the interesting thing is that like, when I got to base camp, I wanted to, my goal that day is you can also climb a a neighboring peak, um, and like watch the sunset. It's meant to be really nice. And like, I just want to do the hardest shit all the time. So I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm definitely going to do that. And then after that, I was going to spend another like five days going around like the lakes and stuff that are up near the top. But on the day that I went to base camp, I got really bad um, altitude sickness. I got like a splitting headache um, and the doctor, there was a doctor up there and he was just like, um, you need to go back down like immediately. So I did. And like, I was beating myself up that like, I didn't climb that peak. It was almost like I got 99% on the test and I didn't get a hundred and it fucking really pissed me off. And I was like, just, there was no sense of like, yeah, like I made it to base camp. Like, well, what a massive achievement. All I could think about and notice was the fact that I didn't climb that peak and I therefore failed. And it was like, even then I was like, that's fucked. Like there's something fucked about that. Like I, you know, should be more proud of myself. And so really the underlying theme of this is just not feeling good enough. Um, yeah, like I have to achieve A or B in order to be good enough. And 
no matter, even when I do achieve A or B, then there's a new A or B, there's a new goal. Um, and it's that continuously climbing to try and be good enough. And so what's the antidote? You know, obviously it's to accept yourself as you are, where you are. And how terrifying is that? You know, what if I stayed this weight forever? What if I stayed in this financial situation forever? Um, you know, could I be okay with that? Could I love myself? Could I be enough? You know? And so I think like the self-love journey is really synonymous with this um, and really important. And to be honest, I think this has been one of the biggest lessons for me over the past two years, um, which has just been okay where I am. Um, And not just that, but the interesting thing is that like once I see that, I actually see everything that I have. Like it was impossible for me to see how good my life is and everything that I had because all I could focus on is how I didn't have enough and that I wasn't enough. Um, and it's interesting because gratitude to me, it used to be just like a spiritual buzzword. Like I didn't get it. Like when, you know, people would be like, you know, you should write like three things that you're grateful for at like the end of every day, like in a notebook, I would just be like, oh, like this is a chore, um, you know, cool. Now I really, really get it. And it's like such an important part of my practice because like gratitude for me is just like, it's seeing everything that I have and it's changing my perspective completely. Um, and when I look for the things that I have, I've realized and like not just realized, but like I genuinely believe in my heart that like where I am okay is not just like where I am now is not just okay, but like it's perfect. Like, you know, some things that I'm grateful for, for example, like like both my parents are still alive. Um, my body is, I'm never in pain. Like my body is healthy. I have like one really, really, really great best friend. Some people don't get that in their lives. I absolutely love where I live and the house that I live in. I always have money for food. Um, So I think just like these basic, basic, basic things, some people would give their whole life. Like they would give tens of millions of dollars like to be able to have a body that's not in pain. Like I was literally watching this documentary. I forgot his name. I feel like I can't now, but um, he was Harry Potter's stunt double and there's a documentary on him because he actually broke his neck doing a stunt for the movie. And just watching that made me feel so grateful because I I finally had this realisation in my head that this man, um, and there's so many, I'm sure there are so many millionaires, billionaires who are like probably in a wheelchair who could never walk again, who would literally give $10 million that's probably a conservative figure, um, to be able to trade bodies with someone who can walk. Like that's a fact, right? Um, And that made me think that me, just my body as it is, for the simple fact that it can walk in other people's eyes is worth $10 million. And that's not like a bullshit fucking figure. That's like 100% they would definitely pay that if they had that to be able to walk again and trade bodies to do that. And so that even that realisation made me realise that like, no matter what I have in life, I have a body that's like it's it's worth like $10 million like to someone else. Like it is worth that. And then I don't know, like little things like that I feel like have been realisations that have made me realise like literally just how much I have and that has honestly given me so much fulfilment and like, yeah, just like, you know, being able to be okay where I am because I've stopped chasing. Um, I mean, I still have really goals. I think life is kind of meant to be about 50% self-acceptance, 50% self-improvement. I think it's always good to have goals and strive for better. And I do have huge dreams, almost grandiose dreams, I would say, um, that I'm not ready to kind of give up on. But I think I've detached. I've detached from 
like whether or not they come true or not, it's a game to me. It's fun to me. My self-worth doesn't depend on it happening um, because, yeah, I, I really believe I am enough as I am. In terms of resources, um, I've been reading The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. I'm such a fan of Brene Brown and her work. Um, she's like a, yeah, she does a lot of studies on things like this. So one thing in her book that really struck me is that people who are perfectionists, they carry a lot of shame around that feeling of not being good enough. And I realized that that is so very true for me. Um, a lot of like, like if I do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing, there's a voice in me that just goes like, oh, like it's that feeling of shame. And I carry that shame like, you know, 20 times throughout the day for doing the wrong thing um, because my morning routine wasn't good enough um, because I didn't eat healthy enough foods um, because I said the wrong thing, whatever. It's just like I'm constantly, there's this tyrant in my mind that's just saying you have to be perfect, perfect, perfect. And whenever I just slip up from that, it's just like, oh, like difficult to live with myself in a way. And so that's something that I'm working on now is like one, noticing when I still feel that shame and two, releasing the shame from the past. Another great book is called The Four Agreements. You might be familiar with this one. It's by Don Miguel Ruiz and it's quite a popular um, Toltec wisdom book. And I think it's like $14 at Big W and Kmart. Um, but one of the agreements is always do your best. And he wrote in this book something that really stuck with me and it said that we basically use self-love as a motivator by only granting it to ourselves once we achieve. But it did make me realize something that my psych said to me, which is two things, because um, I get really, really, the pressure I put on myself can really be defeating for me and contribute to my depression and stuff. And so when it comes to my unrealistic standards, um, my psych said that there's two things that I can work on. One, either the expectation on myself is too high okay, I'm not actually capable of achieving that or the time frame that I'm putting on myself is too short. So either I can drop down what I'm doing or I can give myself more time to finish it. For example, in the last one I talked about, or maybe I don't know when I'll release it, but I did my rap at the end of the suicidal thoughts and then the podcast I recorded after that, which is about boundaries, I said like, oh, if you like that, like I'm going to release an album, um, it's available like to buy. And then I, I was like, fuck, now I'm going to release this podcast. That means I've got one week <laughs> to make my album and release it. And then I realized, why the fuck am I limiting myself to this? Um, so I, now I've sat back and I'm like, maybe I'm going to actually spend time on this album and just make it like maybe collab with people and make it like cool and just like spend whatever fucking time I want on it. Um, yeah. So if you hear me say that, then that's, that explains that and soz there's no album yet. Um, I'll let you know because I know you're all hanging out for it. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much all I have to say on that. Um, I am you and this is the journey of setting yourself free.